0: Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the Word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host a full-blooded apache indian born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth soapy dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys soapy dollar heard the bible's life-changing message at the age of eight and the course of his life was changed he's an american indian guitar playing all around rodeo cowboy
2: I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book
0: With more degrees than a thermometer the book, And over 40 years of introducing folks just like you To the God of the Bible Here is Soapy Dollar.
2: And here we are indeed. Thank you for being with us tonight for the Bible Live broadcast. As we continue through the Bible, we are in the New Testament presently. We are in the Gospel of Mark, the second book of the New Testament. And till the end of this week, we'll stay in the New Testament, and then we'll be going back on Friday. Yes, Friday we'll be going back and picking up again with the people of Israel as we have left them at the end of the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. They're on the east side of the Jordan River, waiting now after a month of mourning the death of their leader, Moses, for 40 years he had led them. And under the leadership now of Joshua, the successor to Moses, they will go into the promised land. But for the moment, let's enjoy the full-blown light, the warm light of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus the Messiah. We get a chance now to celebrate what the Old Testament only anticipates, predicts, and describes for us. Now we see it coming to fruition in the life of Jesus of Nazareth the long-awaited, promised Messiah of the Old Testament. We are in the Gospel of Mark, actually the first of the four Gospels written and completed. I'll tell you more about it, where we are, and what we'll be reading tonight as we get to that. Right now, though, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment. We jump forward to the book of the Proverbs tonight, Proverbs 1 on The Bible Life. Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 19. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. The purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline and to help them understand wise sayings. Through these Proverbs, people will receive instruction in discipline, good conduct, and doing what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will make the simple-minded clever. They will give knowledge and purpose to young people. Let those who are wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. And let those who understand receive guidance by exploring the depth of meaning in these proverbs, parables, wise sayings, and riddles. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Only fools despise wisdom and discipline. Listen, my child, to what your father teaches you. Don't neglect your mother's teaching. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and clothe you with honor. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us, let's hide and kill someone, let's ambush the innocent, let's swallow them alive as the grave swallows its victims. Though they are in the prime of life, they will go down into the pit of death, and the loot we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all kinds of things. Come on, throw in your lot with us, we'll split our loot with you. Don't go along with them, my child. Stay far away from their paths. They rush to commit crimes, they hurry to commit murder. When a bird sees a trap being set, it stays away, but not these people. They set an ambush for themselves. They booby trap their own lives. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for gain. It ends up robbing them of life. End of reading Proverbs one verses one through
1: nineteen.
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: And that's what we intend to do tonight as we turn to the Gospel of Mark in your New Testament. We turn our eyes upon Jesus, the Messiah. We always have to remember, I think, as we read through these Gospels, or the entire Bible for that matter, The chapter numbers and the verse numbers are there entirely for reference purposes. They are not part of the original writing. These are put in later as reference points, someone's understanding of where a paragraph began or ended or where the line of thinking began. You have to be careful though because when we put all of these chapter numbers and chapter headings that people write in there, it just takes these little incidents one after the other And that can be helpful and give us a sense of where we are and what's happening. But remember that the text moves along. When John Mark wrote this, there was a continuation of thought. The reason I say that is probably from about Mark chapter 6 through 7, 8, and maybe into 9, it's really a continual teaching theme. Jesus is training his disciples. That is a priority in his life, the training of the twelve. In almost every incident, the death of John the Baptist, the feeding of the 5,000 there in Israel with primarily a Jewish audience, a Jewish message, 5,000 people, five loaves of bread. Remember the five loaves that David took from the priest in the Old Testament and the 12 baskets left over later on when he goes back to Genesaret, that region on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, On the first journey, he met this demoniac, one who lived in the tombs and fed on the pigs and was filled with Sheridim demons. He cast the demons from this man and gave him the mission of being his advanced man. Go to all the villages and tell them what great things God has done for you. He did that, and then later on, when Jesus goes back again, there's a huge crowd to hear him preach and a great response to his message. So there is a continual theme here of teaching and training, preparing his disciples. Tonight we're going to pick up in chapter 8, verse 22, after the feeding of the 4,000 and the picking up of seven baskets of leftovers. That's where we see the significance of that because Jesus talks to his disciples. They're discussing all that happened, and they get to arguing about bread because he said, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Talking about their false teaching and the deception and the chaos of the false religious teachers of that time. And they thought he was talking about bread, and he says to them, Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves? And the, how many baskets did you have over? Twelve. When I fed the 4,000, how many baskets? Seven. And Jesus says, Don't you understand even yet? Don't you get it? So we know there's something about that that he is trying to teach them. Right now, though, we start again with Jesus meeting a blind man and having a ministry in his life on The Bible Life. Mark eight twenty two through ten thirty four, Mark 8. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch and heal the man. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands over the man's eyes again. As the man stared intently, his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't go back into the village on your way home. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then Jesus asked, Who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to tell them that he, the Son of Man, would suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the leaders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, and three days later he would rise again. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and told him he shouldn't say things like that. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples And then said to Peter very sternly, Get away from me, Satan. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then he called his disciples in the crowds to come over and listen. If any of you wants to be my follower, he told them, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your soul? If a person is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, I, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of that person when I return in the glory of my Father with the holy angels. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Mark 9 Jesus went on to say, I assure you that some of you standing here right now will not die before you see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the top of a mountain. No one else was there. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance changed, and his clothing became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly process could ever make it. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Teacher, this is wonderful, Peter exclaimed. We will make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't really know what to say, for they were all terribly afraid. Then a cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly they looked around, and Moses and Elijah were gone, and only Jesus was with them. As they descended the mountainside, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until he, the Son of Man, had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Now they began asking him, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming first to set everything in order. Why then is it written in the scriptures that the Son of Man must suffer and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and he was badly mistreated, just as the scriptures predicted. At the foot of the mountain, they found a great crowd surrounding the other disciples, as some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. The crowd watched Jesus in awe as he came toward them, and then they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, he asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son for you to heal him. He can't speak because he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this evil spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground and makes him foam at the mouth and grind his teeth and become rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you until you believe? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was very small, the evil spirit often makes him fall into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. But have mercy on us and help us. Do something if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked? Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly replied, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Spirit of deafness and muteness, he said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy lay there motionless, and he appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd. He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus tried to avoid all publicity in order to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. But they didn't understand what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum, Jesus and his disciples settled in the house where they would be staying. Jesus asked them, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down and called the twelve disciples over to him. Then he said, Anyone who wants to be the first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes my Father who sent me. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw a man using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he isn't one of our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs miracles in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I assure you that person will be rewarded. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who trust in me to lose faith, it would be better for that person to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around the neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter heaven with only one hand than go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter heaven with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It is better to enter the kingdom of God half blind than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the worm never dies and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be purified with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Mark 10. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went southward to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. As always, there were the crowds, and as usual, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question, Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? What did Moses say about divorce? Jesus asked them. Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man merely has to write his wife an official letter of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, He wrote these instructions only as a concession to your hard-hearted wickedness. But God's plan was seen from the beginning of creation, for he made them male and female. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one separate them, for God has joined them together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and remarries, she commits adultery. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples told them not to bother him. But when Jesus saw what was happening, he was very displeased with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get into the kingdom of God. Then he took the children into his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. As he was starting out on a trip, a man came running up to Jesus, knelt down, and asked, "'Good teacher, what should I do to get eternal life?' "'Why do you call me good?' Jesus asked. "'Only God is truly good. "'But as for your question, you know the commandments.' Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely, do not cheat. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was a child. Jesus felt genuine love for this man as he looked at him. You lack only one thing, he told him. Go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went sadly away because he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for rich people to get into the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to get into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Then Peter began to mention all that he and the other disciples had left behind. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. And Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return A hundred times over, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, with persecutions. And in the world to come, they will have eternal life. But many who seem to be important now will be the least important then. And those who are considered least here will be the greatest then. They were now on the way to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with dread, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him in Jerusalem. When we get to Jerusalem, he told them, the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priest and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, beat him with their whips, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. End of reading mark 822 through 1034
1: Is the Bible live
2: with Soapy Dollar? The healing of this blind man is so very interesting. It's unique because he touches this man twice. That never happened before. Everyone he touched and healed, they were healed instantaneously. As was this person. The second time he was touched, he was healed instantaneously. We're not quite sure. It could be that the second touch was the healing touch, that total absolute healing of his eyes to be able to see clearly. The first touching of his eyes may have been even more of a spiritual comment than a physical comment. He touches the man and says, can you see anything now? And The man says, I see men like trees walking. It's unclear if he was actually seeing people in a blurry way or if this might have been some kind of a spiritual statement because the idea of men being like trees walking is not new. That is an idiom that is an Old Testament saying. Psalm 1, it talks about the godly are like the trees planted by the river. Jeremiah picks up on the same theme, chapter 17. The idea is that human beings are like trees in the sense that there is a physical, biological, the upper part, and then there is a spiritual dimension to our lives, the roots of our lives that are unseen. So this could have been, on this man's part, a spiritual statement. I see men now. I understand that we as human beings are spiritual beings. We are like trees walking. Then as a result of that statement of faith, of having captured a spiritual truth, Jesus places his hands on his eyes and heals his blindness. There are two very good lessons for us. We don't know why this incident of two touches. Maybe it is that some healing is a process, not instantaneous, or maybe it's the faith of the man to understand from Jesus' teaching that men are spiritual beings. Very interesting incident in the ministry of Jesus. From there, the other thing that I wrote down, at least, was this section where he talks to Peter, who do people say that I am, and in who do you say that I am? The question might also go to you tonight as you listen to the Gospel of Mark here, as you listen to the message of the Bible. You explore and investigate, research this man named Jesus of Nazareth. Who do you say that he is? Many people, as you know, believe him to be the Messiah, the Son of God himself. God incarnate came to live out a perfect life of faith and trust and obedience to the Father poured out his life in service to others. As we see here in the Gospel of Mark, he gave up his life continually, poured it out for the benefit of others. And on that basis of his perfect life of faith and trust, obedience to the Father, he became the atonement lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Sinless, without blemish, without spot, just like the atonement lamb had to be. And then he who knew no sin became sin for us. That's when he goes into the lesson that comes out of his life. If anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. You must die to yourself, take up your cross, follow me. In other words, follow the example of Jesus in living our lives now, not for ourselves, but to honor and glorify the Father and in service and ministry to others. Pour out our lives in benefit of others. That's what we're called to do. Well, we see in this passage this prophecy that Jesus makes. Now, this is a very short-term prophecy. Some of you standing here right now will not die before you see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. In other words, you're going to see the Messiah in his glorified state. Six days later, he takes Peter, James, and John, and they see him in his glory, not just God incarnate, but for the moment, the blinders taken off seeing him in all of his glory along with Elijah and Moses. John never forgot that vision. We see something of that in his vision of Messiah in the book of the Revelation. I wonder what part of the phrase, I will rise from the dead, they did not understand. They had a hard time with that concept. I guess we should have a harder time except for we're living after the resurrection. Bible
1: Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com.